Well, good morning, Celebration Church. It is so good to see none of you here this morning. <laughs> it's because none of you are here this morning. Uh, we actually had a cancel service due to the weather, and uh, so I'm pretty much the only guy in here. Uh, I guess I drew the short stick, if you will. I live the closest to the church, and I have a Jeep, so uh, they felt that was the Lord telling them that I should be here uh, this morning uh, ministering to you guys, but I'm actually glad to be here. Uh, I think this is very cool. So uh, anyway, so basically all of you are joining online with us this morning, so welcome. Uh, so the service is gonna be you know, a little bit different, but we're gonna kinda hit through everything. Uh, so for example, um, you know, later we are gonna be doing communion, so if you wanna get some grape juice and some bread or something and uh, get ready. We can all do communion later in the service. Uh, also, uh, before we get going, um, again, because you're not here and it's difficult to take the offering when you're not here, uh, we would encourage you guys to give online. And we're gonna put up the little number right there, the text to give number. Uh, please continue to give. Um, you know, I know we've got the snow day, we're not able to make it in here, uh, but I just do ask that you continue to be faithful with your giving uh, because it does impact our budget. You know, we do count on those funds. So we encourage you to uh, do text to give or maybe send your uh, tithe in um, to the office uh, throughout the week. Uh, but other than that, let's get going. So cozy on up. And uh, normally this is the part where I would have you stand so that we can uh, repeat together the Apostle Creed but you're all sitting probably in your pajamas and I don't think you'll actually do that anyway. So you can remain seated if you uh, want or stand with me, but let's go ahead together and let's recite the Apostle Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is what we believe here at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, the life everlasting, amen. You may be seated if you are standing. Now, uh, this morning, uh, I've got just a really, it's really a really simple message. Um, as I was thinking about sort of what to put together and I was going through, you know, sort of the, my scripture readings, I was just sort of, for me, sort of reminded of what being a Christian is all about. What, what, what is it that we do, you know, and, and uh, just some of the basic fundamental things. You know, I kind of broke it down into three things. You know, we need to believe, we need to listen, and we need to do, okay? And so I want to kind of go through those three things, uh, starting first off with the believe. You know, to be a Christian, step one is quite simply you need to believe. You need to believe that Jesus Christ is God's only son, who God sent down here on earth to die for our sins so that we can have eternal life. I mean, it's really the John 3.16 whole deal where you gotta believe this, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son and that whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have eternal life. You know, that's something that's 
I think easy for some to believe. I think others, you know, it's, it can be difficult. And I, and I think what can happen is sometimes we try to make the believe be all mental and it all has to make sense to us. And we think that the believe is, is all about us believing, us believing. But we actually find out reading through the scripture that actually the belief and the faith is a gift from God. And so if you're having a difficult time, maybe, gee, do I really believe this stuff? And I encourage you to stop thinking it's all about you and making everything make sense just in your brain and figuring it all out, but you need to just start trusting God. You need to start just letting go of all those things. You need to let go of that feeling that, oh, this is all about me trying to figure this out and make this work, and just say, God, it doesn't make sense. I, I just need to trust you. I mean, you know, because it's all, of, Jesus is the reason that we're all here. You know, this whole belief in him. I mean, you guys would not be sitting wherever you're sitting right now. I wouldn't be sitting, standing here in a snowstorm uh, preaching to an empty room <laughs> if it wasn't for what Jesus did. You know, we just came through our Easter season and it's just such a great reminder this time of the year, I know for me as a Christian to remember, oh yeah, this is what this whole thing is about. You know, that God so loved me and that God so loved you that he sent his excuse me, his son, to die on the cross for your sins and for my sins. If we just believe in him, say, yes, Jesus, I believe you are Lord of all. So the first step's a pretty easy one. All you really have to do is accept. You don't have to do anything. Just accept it. Accept what Jesus did for you. Now the next one, the listen, that gets a little tougher. <laughs> you know, it's a little tougher sometimes to listen and get the instructions, um, which... Speaking of difficult instructions, have any of you guys ever bought any Ikea furniture before or been to an Ikea store? Uh, if, if, you're, if you've never been to the store, it's, it's pretty impressive. Uh, I'll explain it to you for those of you who have never been before, but uh, Ikea is basically this big furniture house store. I mean, it has like everything you could possibly imagine inside of it. Uh, they've got decorations for every room. They've got furniture for your bedroom, living room, kitchen, office. And you name it, they have it. You need knives, they got knives. You need light bulbs, they have light bulbs. You need spatulas, they have spatulas. More spatulas than Spatula City. That was a joke for all of you people who understood the movie UHF. It's a 1980s movie. It's gonna be a very small group of you, but that one's just in there for you. Wonderful movie, but anyway, Spatula City, yeah. They've got lots of just everything there. And um, what's neat about this Ikea, uh, these Ikea stores, is they have everything, you know, they have little display areas. You know, they'll have like several different kitchen setups and they'll have it all decorated or the bedroom and they'll have it all decorated. They've got the bed and the things to go on the wall and the little knickknacks here and there. And it's neat because you can go in there and see, oh, this is how I can decorate everything. And then, oh, these are all the pieces already ready to go. And <laughs> the neat thing about it too is it's, it's pretty stylish stuff and it's cheap, which is wonderful. So when we were looking for a couch uh, several years ago, uh, you know, we're looking around and we'd either find a, you know, a couch we didn't, couldn't find a styling that we wanted um, or we'd find something that's nice and it was you know, way too expensive. So my wife's like, okay, we're gonna be near an Ikea store. Let's go down there and let's check it out. And so this was you know, my first time going into an Ikea. And if you've never been to an Ikea and you're going to an Ikea store with someone who's been there before, they'll talk to you 
as though like you're going to Disney World. It's crazy. Like I was just kind of like, why are you so excited to go into a store about furniture? But you go inside and you see how amazing it is and how huge it is. Now they have everything. Uh, you, you know, you start to kind of understand. And I'm like, this, this place is awesome. Oh, and they have meatballs. Because you got to have meatballs in the middle of a furniture store. I, I don't understand why, but that's the way the Swedish do it, I guess. Uh, so... Um, your food court there, meatball. So we're going around and we're checking stuff out and we're seeing, finding these couches. We found this couch we just loved. All the, just the style of it is great, uh, comfortable, and it was like dirt cheap. I mean, it was so cheap. We could actually get the couch. We got the, the, the lights. We got the, all the accessories to go with it because everything was so cheap, it actually fit inside of our budget. And then, you know, what you do is when you find something you want, you pull the little you know, ticket of, ooh, I want this couch, I want this little lamp, I want this little thing, and then you go and you pay for it. Um, and then you're supposed to go and load up your car, they'll load up your car with all the little pieces. Um, but we bought too much stuff, I couldn't load up the car, so I was actually like, man, I'm gonna have some guys actually from the office uh, go down and pick that up for me. So, you know, so anyways, but we thought this is awesome. So we bought everything, we're excited, we leave the store, we're pumped, excited to get back home, can't wait for the stuff to get there to start putting it together. But there's one little thing I hadn't realized. And that is Ikea. I think in Swedish that actually means evil. <laughs> because, now I'll, I'll explain to you why. See, they have the store set up showing you all this great furniture, right? They tell you, all you have to do, you take it home and assemble it. That's all you have to do. They give you this hope. They give you this joy, this anticipation. You and your spouse leave the store grinning from ear to ear, hand in each other's hands, so happily jumping into the car, you know, that we bought this stuff. But then you fast forward about three hours into your attempt to assemble this furniture, and you will find that you're often left with hopelessness, despair, anger, depression. In fact, you'll be closer to burning down your entire house and just calling it a loss than you're to putting together that little side table. And the reason is, the instructions that come with the stuff that you bought, they're useless. I mean, their instructions, many of the pages actually have no words, which means their instructions have no instructions. It's like just a picture of this cartoon drawing of a guy just standing there like this, you know, <laughs> like a screwdriver in his hand. Ah. And then a picture of an assembled whatever you're trying to put together. It's not helpful at all. Uh, it was very, very frustrating trying to put stuff together with like a one-page flyer with little cartoon drawings on it. Um, you know, it, it, was a, it was a much darker day putting the stuff together, but <laughs> eventually got it together. But there's something that I learned. And it was this. It was when you do not have good instructions, life can be difficult. So please, don't just try and do things the Ikea way and do it on your own, <laughs> trying to figure it out, but get some good instructions and there's a spiritual connection in this. You know, God has given us instructions. It's called the Bible. He gave them to us, talks about his salvation, about how to live in this life, you know, but then, you know, too often we decide we don't need God's instructions and then we make a mess of our lives because we refuse to read the Bible. You know, we only come to church two times a year. Of course, you are excused from not being here this morning because of the snow. Um, you know, but we don't just read God's instructions and get them inside of us. We're not hearing his word. We're not figuring out what he has for us. 
And then sometimes we'll, maybe we will hear it, but then we forget, oh wait, we actually have to follow those instructions. You know? So I wanna ask you are, you, are you listening to God's instructions? Are you putting them to practice in your life? You know, I wanna take a look at a scripture this morning. Uh, it's found in James chapter one, and James is talking about this. He's talking about needing to listen. You know, you need to get the word of God inside of you. And, um, you know, for, for example, as I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, the, the Wednesday night Bible studies we do are amazing. If you haven't been out to those, you should come on out. You, we actually go through verse by verse through the Bible. Uh, it's amazing. Actually, one of the first ones we did was James, speaking of James here. Um, which, by the way, uh, if you don't know, James is actually the little brother of Jesus, which is always fun to read, uh, you know, this book. Um, and it's funny, you, know, you think about that, how many of you have older siblings out there? Could you imagine being the younger brother of Jesus? <laughs> think of how many times your parents already <laughs> have said, why can't you be more like your older brother, right? Yeah, try having your brother being the Messiah. A uh, little hard to live up to those goals. And what's funny is as you read through uh, uh, the Gospels and you're reading the uh, story of Jesus, you'll find out that actually his brothers thought he was crazy. <laughs> it says they didn't believe him. They even tried to like talk him out of it, which I'm assuming you would do as well if all of a sudden one of your siblings came and said, oh, by the way, I'm the Messiah. You go, oh, sure you are. In fact, you should come tell these people over here. They want to hear about it. And those guys right there in those white coats, you need to go with them. They got a nice, comfortable, padded room for you. It'll be wonderful. Right, because you think they're crazy. So anyway, James was not uh, a believer. He did not believe that his half-brother here was the Messiah. But I tell you what, when he saw what happened, when Jesus gave himself for us and was risen again, man, things changed. So he got the belief thing down uh, eventually, which is neat. So he got the belief. Then he goes on, he writes uh, in chapter one, starting at verse 21, he says, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. So he tells you you need to humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. So what does that mean? In order for you to accept the word planted in you, you first need to get it planted in you, okay? You say, well, how, how, do, I, how do I do that? How do, how do I get that instruction in there? Well, you need to start reading your Bible. You need to start coming to church regularly. You need to start hearing the word of God, getting that inside of you, learning how God wants us to live and act. All right? And listen, unlike Ikea, God actually gave us useful instructions. All right, this stuff is good, it works. In fact, in 2 Timothy uh, 3.16, Timothy writes this, he says, all scripture is God-breathed, excuse me, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. He says it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting. This is something that we can use. What's so neat about that too is he says the scripture is God-breathed, uh, which is cool because you know, although the scripture has been written by human hands, it has the breath of God on it. And see, breath is very important when it comes to communicating. So you know, as I'm speaking to you right now, what you're actually hearing is my, my, my breath passing through my throat, going past my vocal cords, causing them to vibrate so you can hear what's going on. 
Now, obviously the vocal cords, you know, you could say those are important because obviously they're helping me to make pitch and sounds so you can interpret them into words. But the power source for the whole thing is the breath. Because without the breath, nothing. The power source is, comes from the breath. And so that's what I think is so cool about this, getting this idea of this God-breathed word here. You know, so the Bible might be written words from human hands, but the power source is from God. It's his breath passing through and creating these words that we read today. All right, so man, you're looking for a good instruction manual. This thing has the breath of God in it. The Bible has the breath of God in it. So you wanna get that stuff inside of you. All right, and as James puts it, you need to get it planted inside of you. And once you get it planted inside of you, that's when he says, okay, now you need to get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. In other words, you need to get all the sin stuff off you. You know, it's kind of the, the picture of you need to throw this stuff away. You know, like <laughs> you ever have a, a piece of clothing that just gets so nasty, there's like no redeeming it, you just gotta throw it away. I know some of you guys out there know what I'm talking about. You've all thrown away some some underwear. In fact, this might be a good intervention now that you're at home. Uh, maybe now it's time for your family to tell you there actually is some items of clothing that you need to throw away, okay? It gets so nasty. Uh, it reminds me of um, when, uh, when I was playing soccer in high school. You know, we had two seasons. We had the fall season. That's, you know, when you're playing for your school team, and then you had the summer uh, summer season. That's where you're on the team that kind of, you know, did the summer travel league. And uh, I remember one year, uh, the end of the fall season, uh, we finished with a, a tournament. So there was a couple of games. Um, and I would always take off like my, my soccer socks and I'd throw them in my bag and then I'd take them home and uh, they'd magically get cleaned. Um, <laughs> just kidding, my mom did it. Uh, she would clean them. Well, apparently at, this, at the, the end of this last uh, game of the season, um, I forgot to tell her they were in there or I never took the bag. Uh, you know, up so she could wash them, and I forgot about them. <laughs> so he had these nasty socks, sweat, mud, just everything, just nasty, and they sat there until summer season started, and I go and I open up my bag, and I'm like, what is that smell? And I pull out these socks that have been in there for like six, seven months, and now they, they no longer are like very pliable. <laughs> you know, it was more like cardboard uh, than anything. And that was an instance where I needed to throw off that filth, all right? I had to find the closest hazardous waste bin and get rid of that junk. It was nasty. And see, that's what James is telling us here. He says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth, the evil, the sin that's in you. Get rid of that and humbly accept the word of God planted in you. He says, which can save you? Save you from what? May I save you from hell? He goes on to write, James does here, he says in verse 22, he says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. So don't just listen, but also do. Now the listening's a big part of it, yeah. You're not sure what to do unless you listen. But after we've listened, after we've learned, we need to put that into practice. I mean, that needs to be our challenge for us this morning. I know I was, I was going through and studying this. I was thinking, man, what are things that I have learned that I know uh, and I don't do them, you know? I mean, how many of us have, you know, heard that we're supposed to, you know, forgive others as, you know, God forgives us. 
In fact, if you come here on a Sunday morning, we pray that. Lord, forgive us as we forgive those who've sinned against us. We say that we know it, but are we actually doing it? How many of you, you know, you, you hear a scripture like, you know, you gotta love your enemies. Yet, okay, we can hear that, we know that, but how many of us, when someone ticks us off, that's what we're thinking, that's what we're doing. You know, or how about uh, a verse like this, Thessalonians uh, 4, starting in verse three, it says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. You'll hear this scripture. You go, yeah, no, I get it. I need to stay away from sexual immorality. And yet there's a lot of you out there who hear this stuff and yet you're still sleeping with your girlfriend, sleeping with your boyfriend. Going, yeah, I know, we shouldn't do that. Don't just be a listener. Also be a doer. How many husbands out there? You know, hear a scripture like in Ephesians 525 says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You'll hear this on Sunday mornings, go, amen, yes, I can do that. And then your wife does something to drive you crazy. And what do you do? Some of you will yell at your wives. Be nasty, call them all kinds of names. And don't do that. All you were is a listener. You, you, you weren't doing. You can't just listen. You hear this stuff, it needs to sink in. You get planted in you and you need to accept it and say, yeah, this, this, this is how I should be acting. This is how I should be living life. How about verses like these? I'll just rattle some off here. In Matthew it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Mark, he says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Again, in Matthew, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. See, these, all, all these verses are about sharing your faith with others. You know, a lot of us will hear these verses, but do we really put them into practice? Do we accept them? Do we start to live them out in our lives? I mean, how, I mean, how many of you, the last time you've either shared your faith with someone, you know, maybe something you know, direct by actually, hey, let's talk about God, or even in a way of, hey, let me just do something nice for you. Let me, let me just love on you in some way. Let me do an act of kindness. Let me do some good for you. And we hear this stuff, but then we just sit on it. And it says, no, you're supposed to let your light shine before others. You know that the greatest evangelism tool the church has is you. It's not the pastors. It's not the guys up here who organize everything and do the teaching. It's you guys going out and sharing life with other people and sharing your faith and, and letting all the stuff that inside of you, this goodness, kind of spill out on other people. I mean, you guys should be inviting people to church. That's the fastest way for our church can double is this every person that's out there, if you would just invite one person, just think, just think. If you said, if I would just invite one person to church, boom, we'd double the church. There'd be so many people in here we wouldn't know what to do. Which, that would cause some stress for us, but it's the kind of stress we would love to have. You say, well, I don't know how to invite someone to church. Okay, I'm gonna help you out. Have you ever invited someone to the bar? <laughs> Here's 
Here's a trick. Pretend you're inviting them out to the bar. Then when you get to the word bar, change it with church. So you say, hey man, hey, would you like to go to the bar, church with me? <laughs> Simple as that. Have you ever invited someone out to dinner or to a football game? It's just simple. You just ask them, hey, you guys should come to church. You should come to church with us. Just as simple as that. Very easy. And the lights flickered here again. I don't know if that's the Lord telling me to hurry up or what's going on here, but if it goes real dark at some point, um, then I guess you know that that's about how much time we had until the snow told me to stop. Okay. Um, <laughs> Where was I? Evangelism, evangelism. Uh, yeah, so you, you need to share your faith with others around you, okay? You need to get that inside of you and you need to share it. Because listen, James says this. He says, anyone who listens to the word, this is in verse uh, 23, uh, James 1, 23. He says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, he says, they will be blessed in what they do. Blessed in what they do. How many of you want to be blessed in what you do? What do we need to do? We need to believe, we need to listen, and we need to do. Okay? Don't just listen and not do the do, which I'm not talking about drinking Mountain Dew. Sorry, I heard how that sounded after I said it. <laughs> but you, you've actually got to put into action this stuff that you hear. And if your person says, well, I don't know what the actions I should be, great, you're at the listening stage. You need to get some of God's word in you. You need to come into church regularly. You start reading your Bible. It's just as much as five minutes a day. I mean, they've got all these apps and these tools they got, you know, for your iPad and your iPhone, you know, if you've got little Bible plans, you can pop them up there. If you need help figuring that stuff out, contact us here at the church, we'll tell you. And it'll give you just a little, little piece of scripture. And just every day you can read that and get it inside of you. So I know everyone goes to the bathroom, usually every day. <laughs> Man, you could take five minutes right there. Just read through some scripture. Just taking some time to get that word planted in you. And then when you learn something from God and from his instruction manual, then start applying it to your life. Start applying it to your life. I hope you guys start getting passionate about this. You know, as a, as a church, you know, really passionately going after God and passionately looking for ways we can live out this stuff that we're learning to others around us. We can start doing good to others around us, start sharing our faith with others, inviting people to church, making a difference. Because you'll be amazed at what God will do through you if you just let him. You'll be amazed at what he'll do with you when you just start the doing, when you just take the action. Well, let's just, I wanna pray with you guys this morning. Let's just pray. Say, God, I thank you for everyone that's just listening to this message, just joining with us uh, today. Um, you know, we weren't able to gather together physically, but Lord, thank you for technology like the internet, that we can still join together as a family of faith uh, in our homes. And Lord, I pray that you 
speak to each person where they're at, God. There's some that are listening right now that they're at the stage where they, just, they need to believe. Or maybe they've been coming to church and not sure what to think. They're not sure, gee, is this for me? God, I pray you get a hold of their hearts. God, I pray you give them that faith that they're looking for. I pray you draw them unto you and help them to start to believe in you. Lord, if there's the people who are in the stage of we need to get more of the listening, Lord, I pray you convict them and start convicting those people and help us to get that word in us, start reading our Bible, start coming to church more. And then God, there's some of us that we've, we've heard this stuff, we get it, well, we, need, we start, need to start doing some more action. <laughs> I pray you encourage us, prod us forward to start, yeah, let's, we actually start need to do something. Lord, open our eyes to the opportunities around us where you have us in certain situations just to bless others around us. Let us see that and let us not just hide our light but let it shine and let's take action. So I thank you for that. Just pray you bless everyone. Keep everyone safe this morning. Pray this in your name. Amen. Now, um, I also want to uh, lead everyone in communion today as we close our service. So uh, if you've got some juice or some bread, now's the time to go and grab that. And, um, you know, we're gonna head in that. And now, always at our church, you know, no one's physically here in the building, but um, you don't have to be a member of Celebration Church to partake with us. Just ask that you, you know, have the belief inside of you. Um, <laughs> And in fact, this is usually a time as well where we'll say a prayer. You know, if you're, uh, for example, if you're at that place where you're like, I, yeah, I wanna believe. I, I, I wanna believe in this. I wanna take that first step. This is a perfect opportunity for you to do that. In fact, what I can do now is just show you in a simple prayer. How you just say a simple prayer, a simple statement of faith, and that's your first step in your journey. So if you would, let's just, let's just pray again one more time. And, and with this, just go ahead and repeat after me. Say, Father in heaven, we thank you today for your blessings. And Lord, we pray that your kingdom come and your will be done in my life. And I freely choose Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and help me to learn your ways. Amen. Now, if you will, I've got my little communion here, my little, call them the McUnion, because it's kind of like the McDonald's of communion, all, the, all in one here. You get it. If you would, if you've got everything ready here, then let's uh, just partake in communion together. The scripture says, the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, Take this and divide it among you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood that was poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Now listen, um, again, hope you guys enjoy your snow day. Uh, stay safe. Um, you know, and I encourage you guys to come on out uh, next Sunday and be with us. Uh, if it was your first time to saying that prayer, really making that commitment of faith and that believe um, statement, then I encourage you, especially come on Sunday. Uh, we've got a special gift we'd like to give you. We've got a book uh, that, that we can get in your hands kind of about, okay, what, what next? What do I do now? And it's a great kind of first step. We can help you along with that. Um, but anyway, let me just send you out, guys, off with a blessing, and then you can enjoy your day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Be blessed. Have a wonderful day.